You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, y'all. I'm James Roy. This is The Bullpen. And today we're going to be talking to Young Ari Gold, golf, CJ Stroud, the Texans, you name it. It's being talked about today on this edition of The Bullpen. All right, y'all, we're here live with young Ari Gold, James Carlson. What would you prefer that I say to you when I address you on this this cast? Oh, you can just call me James. I think just everybody James. honestly knows me as James. Um, okay. I don't think anybody, like some people, the people that don't know me call me Ari, but I don't, like not my name at all. And they just kind of pick from young Ari Gold. So, yeah, I just, some people get weirded out when you call them by their social media name, but oh, no. I, I, just, I was just going to give it see what you were uh, interested in. So I'm excited to talk to you. There's a lot of things I'm excited to talk to you about, but I kind of want to lead off with CJ Stroud because this is a Texans podcast. And this, honestly, I've been, it's been burning to ask you this question. I'm, I've been watching the conflict from far, uh, just kind of staying that. out of it, watching you go to war um, yeah. and defend yourself over this. Um, so, and, and, and I myself... Um, took a very strong stance that the Texans should have drafted uh, Bryce Young leading into the draft. Um, but I, a lot of people are digging up receipts on you and looking at how you talked about C.J. Stroud. You were a big Anthony Richardson fan. I remember last time that we talked when you were on uh, Texans Unfiltered, um, I, I we talked about that. We both, I believe, said that Will Anderson Jr. was the picket too. Um, but how has it been? How do you feel 
about your statements before and after. Do you feel like CJ Stroud came in and proved you wrong, or did you have a feeling in the back of your mind that CJ was always going to be this? So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I thought CJ was going to be what what he's turned out to be through five weeks, right? Um, if, if I did that, I'd be a liar. So I think w- when it comes to CJ Stroud and coming out uh, and, and during draft season and the buildup and just watching film and things of that nature, you know, one, there's maybe like five guys that that had CJ Stroud as QB1 in this draft, if we're just being honest, right? Like, and any Texans fan, like, if you just look back at all the tweets, like if they want to, they could probably find a tweet where they're like, I'm good with CJ Stroud, right? But at the end of the day, like they were good with any quarterback. So it really didn't matter who it was, as long as it was quarterback. They just happened to hit on the quarterback so far through five games, right? And so now everybody's beating their chest. Like I knew it. And then they're digging up the tweets. I don't really care. When it came to the pre-draft stuff, for me, it was really hard for me to believe that CJ Stroud could step in coming from a offense like Ohio State where you had you know three first round wide receivers the top offensive line in the league you know a good tight end um and you know a pretty friendly quarterback scheme on offense so it was like okay so we're gonna take perfect right and now we're gonna add you to the most dysfunctional team over the last four years so now I'm like okay well I don't know how he handles adversity right I didn't see much of it at Ohio State if we saw any right and Um, and the only time we did was Georgia and Georgia, he performed, but that's not enough of a sample size for me to be like, Hey, I'm like, this is my guy. So when it came to CJ Stroud, I was just concerned that nothing has gone right for the Texans over the last four years, period. Right. Like this be honest, nothing yeah. has gone right. It's been a pure, I don't know if we're allowed to cuss, but S show. Right. So when you insert him into this team, it's like, there has been no reason to believe that this team has gotten it right. Yeah, they got the head, they hired the head coach. They got that cool story going, right? And and but there's still the Nick Casario stuff that everybody's, you know, ready to to fire him. Ties to Jack Easterby. And like the owners are are grilling burgers, but like are do they really care about football? Like there's just been so many things where it's like I'd never believed that CJ Stride was going to come in and be able to perform at the level that he has because nothing has shown us that that was a possibility. Well, right? and from from Nick Casario's hit rate on late round picks to there's a lot of factors that have hit recently that I think have helped CJ out a lot. There, there's not a lot of teams with a rookie head coach, rookie center, and rookie quarterback that do well. And so, I mean, and also on top I, of that, defensive head coach, right? It, like that—that that is like the biggest piece. Like the the head coach is a defensive-minded head coach, not some offensive mastermind, not Sean McVay, not Kyle Shanahan, a defensive-minded head coach. And in the league, typically that does not go right. Right? I agree. I agree. I'm, I've always been a firm believer. Like I, I think the Kubiak structure with the Texans was my ideal head coach where when they hired Wade Phillips, the Texans did with Kubiak as a strong Shanahan tree guy, the offensive minded head coach that could, because in my mind, the head coach calls the offensive plays. I mean, yeah. I've been the head coach of a junior Wee team and that's just how it went. Like I was just expected to do that. And so I, I agree with you from that perspective. Um, and just also, I think you touched on it really well with as what being a Texans fan is. The past four years have just sucked. So it, it, everything could go perfect this offseason. And I could understand the apprehension to really embrace like what the Texans were doing. I, I'm a, an optimistic person and I, I still pretty I held feel like I held back pretty well on on my thoughts. I was a little high on the Texans still, but I, I always understood where you came from. And I I also. Um, I, I, I like how you owned up to 
the fact that you saw it that way. I mean, that was that was the big thing. It, it's one thing to say something and then be proven wrong and go out and do what some people would do and just deny it, but to step up and you know really lean into it. I respected that. So, yeah, I also think a lot of it had to do with the fact that like I had a pretty significant like podcast slash YouTube channel. Like not like we weren't big, right? We weren't big. Like we're we're big for Texan standards. Like we're not no jumper or anything like that. But like, so I, you know, I think people were looking for, it's kind of like what we're seeing with the Drake album right now. Right. I'm not a big Drake fan, but, and I didn't really like the album, but it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be, but they're all looking for some reason to not like the album, to be able to point and say, this is the decline that we saw coming from Drake. Therefore, like, this is it. This is where it all started. And for me, they, they were just looking for any, like any, like, what is it where they say like a chink in my armor. Yeah, they were looking for something, right? And that's fine. Like, dig up all the tweets. Here's the thing: like, I'm gonna own it every time. Like, I'm wrong a I lot mean, people, more than I, I like to be. People dig up the picture of you uh, when Deshaun, yeah, Watson, yeah. Deshaun Watson, right? They do that all the time. It's hilarious. I mean, what what I'll say it is is, and as someone who I personally I think one of my biggest flaws is that I don't really take a lot of strong stances in my fandom. I I do. I just don't really post about them. So yeah. one of the reasons you were set up for this conflict is is that you take strong stances. You you decide, you call it like you see it, you put it out there, and your opinion's just public record that you, you know, you really like Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud. I don't think he's got it. And so, I mean, I had some tweets where I was like, you know, that I, I really honed in on the S2 score when that happened, and I feel dumb for doing that. Um, when I took the S2 test, like S2 had me come out and take the test. And so that aspect also added to like some of my thoughts on CJ Stroud as well, because like, taking those tests and going through what he went through and what all the other quarterbacks went through. It was like, damn, like this is crazy to think like how this can affect, but I can see, I can see how that correlates. Right. Um, yeah. Obviously we're seeing right now. It's not the case. Now CJ hopefully continues down this path and there's no reason to think that he won't. This scheme is very friendly for him. Right. Oh, oh, tons of wide receivers in space, tight ends in space. You know, the running game's lacking right now, but like, there's not a lot of tight window throws. Everything, everybody's kind of wide open when he's throwing, which is great. And like that makes a quarterback's job that much easier. But we're gonna he's gonna face some adversity. Oh, yeah. He's gonna see some things that he hasn't seen. I wouldn't be surprised if it's this week against the Saints. So, like, there there are there are gonna be peaks and valleys. He's gonna have ups and downs. But if what we've seen through five weeks is his consistent self, nothing else matters because he's going to be that quarterback for us moving forward. And there's no reason to be upset. Like that, that's a top five quarterback in the NFL year in, year out, if you get what you got from CJ Stroud through five weeks. And and you spoke to the scheme. I think that Bobby Slowick truly is to D'Amico Ryan's what Wade Phillips was to Gary Kubiak, which was a, a very strong coordinator. He's a rookie, he's learning the ropes. He's not quite what Wade Phillips was from the experience perspective, but from the perspective of how he's made the offense that much better just by imp implementing his scheme and doing it well. Um, I, I think that's a, a huge boost for CJ. Now, you mentioned that you were on Texans on Unfiltered, and I think this is a good segue into it. So you, you produced some pretty excellent Texans content over Thank over you. your, in your time. Seven um, years. For seven years. But you've now since moved on. You actually posted your first couple mm -hmm. videos over the past couple days of young Ari. Now, no longer the bad guy, yeah. but the golf guy. Yeah. So pretty, pretty easy transition there. I was going to say, when I think of Texans, I don't, the only connection I think of to golf is like that the players might like to play it. So, and I actually, I wore my, my golf polo. 
to, uh, to nice. honor your transition. So I appreciate it. I'm not very good at golf. I've, I've played it. I do like playing it. Uh, I, you know, that, that you go back to it for that feeling that you get that, that one, one time, yeah. that one shot. I remember like eight, 17th hole, you sucked the whole game and you yep. just really nail it with the driver or you hit a really nice chip and you're like, okay, well now I'm coming back. I'll do yeah. it again. But what, what spawned this change um, in direction? Yeah. So um, growing up, I, I, I played basketball, right? Like I, I was a hooper from the time I was six until I was probably 24. Right. I, and I was pretty good. And I, I loved the game. Like I loved it. It was my favorite thing. I was, my parents, we used to have to like rip me inside. I'd be outside shooting free throws until 12 AM at night. Like I, I slept with my basketball. Like I truly loved the game. Right. And, um, not that I was never good enough to like go pro or anything like that. Right. But like, I, I was, I was very good. And, you know, life happened, had kids, wife, you know, married 17 years, three kids. And um, I got into golf like three and a half years ago. And, and when I got into it, I didn't realize it at first until I realized I wanted to get better. Right. Like, like I was having fun drinking, having fun, like the typical all American white guy dream of playing golf on a Friday. Right. Yeah. But once that aspect of golf went away for me in my head, it was like, okay, I've been playing for a year. I'm not any better than I was. I mean, I was, but like not enough. And I know myself, I'm very competitive. So it was like, okay, now it's time to commit to the game. Well, once I started to commit to the game, it was like, I love this. Like, I, I actually like truly love this. I love this. And it reminded me of loving the game of basketball growing up. And so I started to devote like a ton of time to it. So, I mean, I go to the range three or four times a week. I play two rounds a week. Um, I am truly in love with the game of golf. And that was probably the biggest piece. But then I actually am going to be launching a, a clothing brand um, sometime next year. And I've been working on it for a couple months. And I'm going to start with a golf line. And I've always had this thing for, fa for fashion. Like fashion's always been my thing too. I've always loved sneakers. I've always loved uh, fashion. And it was like, oh man, now I'm like, now I'm in a place at, at 39 where I'm going to be able to do something I love now. Right. Like I've done the jobs. Um, I've done everything I'm good at and I'm supposed to do right. The society checkbox that we're all supposed to do. And it's like, I'm going to follow my passion and my dreams and I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take a massive risk and bet on myself. And, um, and so that's what got me to this point. So Wanting to be great was really like the the thing for me with golf. And then once I started to see greatness was there, or like right around the corner, it was like I'm doubling down. And then the fashion piece came. And then like talking golf has become like what the Texans used to be for me. Like I used to wake up and check every article, do all these things. But like the four years of being beaten down and and constantly having nothing good to wake up to, right? Like it's you never had good news. And when you go through that for four years and you continue to try to put content out, you're like, what am I doing to myself? Like you're filling yourself with negative content. Like that is only going to directly impact and correlate to your life and how you feel about things. And so it was like eliminating that. And now I'm in a place where it's like golf is that Texans now, like I love doing it. Like they keep asking me to like do a couple shows here and there. And like, I tried, I think I put one out like two or three weeks ago or something like that. But no, oh, yeah. Um, I, I just love it. And and that ultimately is like where I'm at in my life. I've really kind of grown as, as a, as a person to the point to where like I can get to this point to do this. And I have a great support system and I have a great following and 
it's like, why not double down on that? And I've always loved the content creator side of things, right? Like what we're doing now is super dope. Yeah. Like the, the social media aspect of like really creating content that is short form video anywhere from 30 to 90 seconds is like, I, I like learning from the younger generation and seeing what they're doing. And like these people are living their dreams and their life and being paid to do it. I know I can do that. So let's go ahead and tap into that. Yeah, I have a very scientific mind and I like I like going through processes and testing things. I actually I don't talk about it a lot. I started a TikTok channel to talk about music. That was my initial social media venture. I got that up to 11,000 followers and then Oh shit. kind of um, you know. Sorry. I kind of fell out with that. It's okay. Um and so that's when I came over here and and so the understanding that I gained from my time doing that, um I I like that side of things still and I still try and produce short form video. Um, but I think it's what helped me start to garner attention on Twitter is, is my understanding of SEO and the, and the social media side of things. Cause I I've tried doing Twitter before and I've tried like finding other people to talk Texans with, but it always felt like I was kind of shouting into the void. Yeah. And so I like, I appreciate where I'm at now and it's fun for me because I like having it, it known that I get, you know, I can just, if I have a thought on the Texans, I can just go on social media, put it out there and, and someone will give me their thought in return and we can have a discussion about it. So that's one of my favorite parts about it. As far as the I love brand, Twitter. I love it too. It's so much fun. It's perfect. Perfect. It, it, uh, yeah. oh, not but, perfect but it's but... funny. It's funny to hear you talk about like you being like an analytical mind and like very process and routine driven. Cause I, I didn't know that. And I mean, we don't like, we're not best friends. Right. But you did come on the show and we talked for a little bit and then, you know, we, we interacted on Twitter and stuff. So I never got that vibe from you. Uh, and I'm pretty good at reading people. So that's that's pretty dope that like you are that way. It's a great thing to be. I'm like shoot from the hip. Don't think anything. Plan it out. Then like I'll figure it out. Well, one of the reasons that I missed out on the um, the worst years of the Texans, to be honest with you, is that I'm a nuclear mechanic in the Navy. So I was I was deployed for a lot of the, the time that the Texans were awful. So I was just mm. I would just get score updates via email and be like, oh, yep, that's the Texans. I wish I could have watched it, but I couldn't. Yeah. And so. This is that's why I was so late to getting started doing this kind of thing was that, you know, it being in the Navy and stuff, there there was never really a lot of time to pursue something like this. And so hmm. um, but you'll see, I mean, I don't I don't know. I I feel like a lot of my tweets are very like I, I don't know what the right word is. Maybe. um Oh, they call them sports content aggregators where. Yeah. Where you're just saying things positive because do you like the team. And a lot of times that's just how I feel. I'm a very positive person, but. It's a good um, I, thing. I, I do like the statistical side and, and analyzing things. I did a tweet the other day on Jarrett Patterson's PFF score and how impressive he's been. Um, and so, you know, I do like that side of things, but sometimes my brain's not like fully functioning on that. But um, I do have a question about the golf brand. You said that we yeah. might see it early in 2024. Um, how did, Do you have the logo yet? I, I know <laughs> you've been talking to a lot of people and you've been – You've been very open about the process of how frustrating it's been to find a logo for the thing. Yeah, it's so funny that you literally ask me that right now. Um, I have a logo, but it isn't perfect. And I'm going to hop on a call at 830 with my designer because it is not perfect and they can't seem to understand <laughs> what I'm saying. It is like literally like... I don't know, maybe an hours of work for this designer to get it right. And once that happens, it's, yeah, it's done. Like it's done. And I can't wait because I can't wait to share it because it, it, it's truly going to give the vibe that I'm looking for. Um, and like, 
like you said, you're process driven. Like for me, I, I'm very visual. So when it comes to building something, there's like certain steps I have to have in place for me to be able to move past and see, right? So like I already have manufacturers, suppliers, I've designs, but it's like without that logo, I don't know what that piece is going to look like. Like, I don't know what that garment's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to look on a hat. I don't, I can't design my website because I don't know what that logo looks like. Like I can't move on until I have this part like settled and I have to love it. Like this isn't like, when I say I want to build a brand, like I don't want to build a brand that is going to just make enough money for my family to like live. And I don't have to work. Like I want to build a $500 million brand. Like, oh, yeah. I to, like I'm, I'm talking, like I want to build a brand. I want to be Coke. Right. Um, so yeah, it's so funny you asked that. So no, I did, technically I don't have a logo, James. Thanks for bringing it up. Definitely sore <laughs> subject. Uh, but but I will have one by the weekend, I am assuming, and I will feel much better once that happens. But May 2024 is when the when the first drop should be. And, and I think a lot of people will resonate with it, even like my Texans fans, because um, I already know, I know where I'm from, right? And I know I know my roots. So like I had this idea of like a J.J. Watt Ring of Honor polo that I already designed and it would have been super fire. And I just, without a logo, I didn't want to put it out. So like, I'll definitely be mixing in certain aspects of the Texans and it'll probably be limited releases. It'll probably be different like Houston releases, right? But uh, there'll be pieces that are involved that that Texans fans will be able to mess with from the, like as soon as we drop. You should put out the JJ Watt Ring of Honor design on JJ Watt Day 2024. That would be uh, wait, wait, is there a JJ Watt Day? Twenty twenty four. October first is, is that true? JJ Watt Day in the city. I did a, not know that. I, I I believe it was October first. I'd have to look at it closer. So there we go. So I'll do that. But then, but see, like I want to do it when I can talk to him. Like I don't want to get rich off of a person's name. I don't want to have success off of a person's name. Like so, I'd want his cosign. Like I don't. Okay. I, I don't want. I, that's just me though. Like I I don't. Like everybody profiting off of Kobe Bryant's death, like I, I hate that. I think it's so gross, right? Awful. So, but I have plans. I have I have super dope plans. Let's see if they come to fruition. But uh, I'm a grinder, so I, I don't see it not. Nice. What do you think the odds are that your brand uh, becomes the official golf uh, fashion sponsor of the Texans? Yeah, that's actually funny because that's been a thought of mine, right? Like, is to collab with them. I think it'd be super dope to be able to do it. Like those people over there are good people, you know. Who I would reach out to, I'm not sure. You know, I'm sure Omar could connect me with the right person, but um it seems like they're always looking for like local people to like put at the forefront with like, you know, uh they, all the singers and, and all the stuff that they <laughs> do in outreach to the community. So I think that you're talking about a five hundred million dollar brand that you want to make. And so I, I could foresee that being impactful enough that the organization might take notice and reach out to you. Or if you put out the right feelers, it could be could be it could be a real thing. 10, 15 years away from 500 million, but yeah, hundred percent. Like, and, 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 but, 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 but if you get, if you, if you're popping in Houston, there's no reason for them not to mess with you. Right. So um, definitely cross that bridge when we get there, but um, yeah, it'd be dope. I mean, it'd be a dream, right? Like I love this team. You know, this is uh this is, this is what, without this team, like I would have never had a YouTube and I would have never had a podcast. Right. Cause I never loved anything else. So like without this, I wouldn't have where I'm at now. So like those steps were necessary. So it, they played an intricate role in, in where I'm at. So, no, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's always big the, the things that started. And I can tell by the way that you tweet about the Texans to this day that it's still something that you're passionate about. It's just that you, like you said, you, you know, you've really gone all in on golf. And so I, I understand that, like, 
because I where you're at with golf now is is where I've been at with the Texans for a really long time. It's like something that is is it really I I am passionate about it and I want to know everything about it because it's just that it means that much to me. Exactly, it's a passion, right? Yeah, like that exactly. that's truly your passion, and yeah. and I totally feel that man. Like it was the same way for me for a long time. You know, when we started, I think our first episode was like the Andre Johnson Ring of Honor. And like, that was the year we drafted Deshaun. And it was like that feeling that we had that year is very similar to the feeling that the city has right now. Right. And so you're, you know, you doing this now is perfect because there's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride and it's going to be a ton of fun. And and like, as you have fun with it, it just gets even better. I'm excited for the ride. I couldn't help but notice in the background of your, um, your feed, uh, the best rap album ever made in my opinion which is 2014 forest hills drive by j cole um that that's just me so i i kind of wanted to get i want to get a feel, i know you're a huge j cole fan i thought it was yeah. i thought it was disrespectful to say the least when uh oh, what's his name uh, djb enemy djb enemy um, he's an enemy of mine when he tweeted that rick ross was a better rapper i thought that was incredibly disrespectful because yeah. rick ross is is hardly a good rapper let alone a better rapper than J. Cole, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But I would love to hear your top three rappers just to get a better feel for for how you consume the genre of rap. Yeah. Yeah. So first DJ B enemy, uh amazing human being, super cool dude. Um, just bad musical taste. And that's okay. <laughs> like some people have it, right? Some people have good taste, some people have bad taste. Uh, but my top three artists of all time, or or rap, are we going rappers straight like MCs? We're just going uh, rappers. I, I don't know if you could would just as long as they're in the genre of rap, like that's yeah, yeah. Opinion. Okay, so uh, oh man, um, Kanye is forever probably going to be my number one. I think the the best album anybody's ever made is actually this album. Um, beautiful. I think, dark, twisted I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is like by far. It's a musical masterpiece. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I don't think people realize. I mean, there are some people who do, and, and people call it a classic, right? But like, it is from first track on. There's just not a better album. So Kanye, to me, like, take all the negativity around him as the individual, like as an artist and as a, a rapper. I think he'll always be one. Cole's definitely pushing that top spot for me because I I've been riding with Cole since the warm up. So I wasn't there for the first mixtape. Um, but I was there for the second and just watching, you know, a lot of artists miss the ability to be able to be vulnerable and connect with an individual. Right. And, and that's, what's missing with a lot of music, but like Cole, you were like, I was there to be able to witness like the warm up and him go through all of the peaks and valleys he went through to like where he's at now. And it's like, I always believed he was where he is now. And like, so to see him achieve it and like be considered like, maybe the goat of this generation, right? Better than Kendrick, better than Drake. Um, to see that is like one of the dopest, I hope fans, I'm sure there's other cool fans that feel that way too, but like to be able to see that and like witness that somebody reached a goal and like, that's what it's about. Like, that's so dope. I love seeing people win. That's why I love draft night. Draft night's like the ultimate like crowning moment. These kids are reaching their, their lifetime goal. Like no matter who you pick, you got to be happy for them as individuals. So um, I would say Cole two, and then probably M three. Like I'm real, like I'm I'm, I'm like very bar centric. Like I like I like the wordplay aspect of rappers. 
Um, I don't really listen to Eminem anymore like I used to. Like, I mean, honestly, looking back at Eminem's discography, like he doesn't really rank very high for me because oh. because there's just so little of it that was like really truly great to me. Like he has some really albums, he has some truly great stuff, but like yeah. it, looking at it as a whole, it it doesn't. I I I I think I liked Eminem more when I was younger because of the influence around me and Correct. as becoming my own person as an adult. Like I just kind of left that behind. Um, Same. And and you spoke to bars, right? So yeah. the way that I break down rap music is that you got bars. So like yeah. you know. I would separate bars into two categories, which is, you know, the flow and the lyricism. Yeah. And then the other part of rap music to me is production, which is just what's around it. For me, production weighs heavier for me because I like the vibe of rap music. So sometimes I'm into stuff that people are like, how do you listen to that? And I'm like, sure. well, because it, it sounds good. Like, I like the sound of it. And the flow sometimes is more important than lyricism to me as well. But where, where would you weigh? It seems like you're more into the lyricism in general. Yeah, I mean, lyricism's always been like a thing for me because it's just interesting to be able to see how people can take words and like make a mesh in a way that like most people couldn't see it, right? So then they visually say, like they say it and then you can visually see it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say bars, like just lyricism in general is going to be like why I, like Lupe Fiasco, actually, you know what? Like honestly, probably Lupe Fiasco might be number three for me. Like very, I probably listen to Lupe Fiasco more than, I listen to M now. Um, I, I just think that there's something to you're, you're able to really understand an individual's mind when you can see how they put the words together. I love production. Like production is one of my favorite things. I don't do a lot of vibey music, right? Like I think future is probably as far as I go on the vibe side of things. I love future. I love everything future says. I wish that I was like, I, I could have like, done what future's done as far as like in the drug game and stuff like he puts me in that feeling right of like I i'm moving weight too i'll never move weight but like it's dope to be able to feel that way yeah. um but yeah i would have to go i mean i think dre's like the best producer of all time i think he's the greatest producer of all time i don't think there's yeah. a better producer in the history of hard to beat uh rap but yeah it would have to be lyricism for me i just i love it i, I like oh, yeah. i literally fiend it nice and beefs i love beefs beefs are like <laughs> beefs top everything for me what what did you think of the beef between drake and uh meek mill where they like they were like basically at each other's throats and do you think that was manufactured because i feel oh, like yeah. they they came back and and i'll tell you going bad is is one of the best rap songs produced recently in my opinion but but i was yeah, surprised I mean, to see them on the same track together after all that went down yeah but meek mill isn't really like much of an mc he was a battle rapper but like he he really didn't like even he didn't even like he he barely even like touched drake like drake when he raps when Drake raps, Drake is up there with some of the greatest, right? And I like. I, I, I haven't listened to all for all the dogs, but from what I've heard from it, it sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, eight AM in Charlotte is fire. First person yeah. shooter is fire because it's got Cole on it, and Cole washes Drake, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but like other than that, the album is just kind of eh. But like Drake with this, like his writing style and like his words, like like Paris Morton music, like he has so many different verses where you're just like, damn, like. And maybe it's because I'm 39 and I'm married, right? I've been married 17 years, like I said. So, like, finding chicks and, like, doing drugs and, like, buying them a, a bag and, and a Bentley and, like, sleeping with them, like, that shit just doesn't interest me because that's not ever going to be my life and I don't ever want it to be my life. So, like, a lot of people are like, oh, Drake is, ma is made for the hating dudes that don't get women. It's like, no, that's not the case. It's like, I already got my woman. 
like I don't want any more. So therefore I can't relate to what Drake's saying. But yeah. when he raps, he is in the upper echelon of rap artists. I agree. Speaking of of having a wife, it's a shame what having a wife did to Chance's rap career. Chance was up there for me. But... Yeah, that's I liked Chance. I mean, you know, his mixtape, his entire mixtape discography is great. And then, you know, I loved Coloring Book. I thought Coloring Book was just a fantastic an album. album. Yes. Produced production wise, it was perfect. Anything like I, I loved that. Um, to think yeah, Chance I mean, went from you know carrying an entire Kanye album with his verse on. Uh, whoa, that's kind of oh, strong. Oh, uh, I mean, I thought his verse on. Um, oh goodness, Lord lift your hands, or no, not Lord lift your hands. It or, was um, what is it? Uh, uh, what is it? Father stretch your hands. No, it it was. Um, yeah, it's Father stretch your hands. I I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of this song because I'm gonna I'm hate myself right for it. It's not Father stretch your hands. It's um when they come for you. Uh, uh, he had a verse. He had a verse on on uh, Father Stretch My Hands. He did, but his verse on it was. I'm gonna be so mad that I don't know this, but I'll get back to it. I'm in the meantime, good. Uh, in the meantime, um, I'll give you my top three rappers. It, it'll probably okay. speak volumes to how I feel about rap music, and it might change. It might make sense of why I am the way I am about it. But okay. Um, oh, Ultra Light Beam. Ultra Light Beam. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so a great close. verse. Great verse. Excellent. Um, I listened through that album and I and I felt like the big draw for me personally was Chance's verse, which is why him being the way he is and, and the big day as a whole just really it's a terrible album. Yeah. And I, his singles that he released before it I thought were really good. So I was, yeah. I was shocked. But um so for me it's gotta be uh J. Cole is up there for me. Um is child Childish Gambino. So yeah, J. Cole, Childish Gambino. I love Gambino. I, I think that because the internet is up there at close, that, that is uh, from front to back an excellent album. It's a masterpiece. It is enough. It is enough for me. All of his other work is really good, but I think because the internet made it hard to listen to his other albums for me. Um, it was also very experimental. It was. And, and looking at Gambino as a rapper, you really only have his mixtapes, which I thought Royalty was a really good mixtape. Yep. Um, you've got camp and then you've got because the internet, because after that he transitioned to more of a Afro funk kind of like he, he really took a huge turn away from rap. For although, sure. Although I will say on his um, album that he released his last one, um, 21 Savage has a verse on that, that I thought was truly excellent. Sometimes um, 21 can rap. 21 and, and Lil Yachty are guys that I feel like when they really nail it, they hit it. But like a lot of times they're just hard to listen to. I've never liked a Yachty verse. I, I there's been a couple like um his verse on I Spy, his verse on uh, Magic in the Hamptons. I thought were both really truly great verses. In I'll have to check them out then because I've only I've 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 only listened to a couple tracks. I listened to the new one with J Cole, um, but I didn't like his voice. His voice is very hard to get past. It it is, but once you get it, and then I thought Broccoli as a whole with Dram was a really good song. Okay, um, that was what made me think. Oh, I could probably listen to some Liotti every once in a yeah. while. You know. Um, and then third is hard for me because it could be Kendrick, it could be Kanye, it, and at points in Chance's career, it could have been him. Um, I'd probably go with Kendrick if I was asked right now. I feel like he had a stretch of albums, you know, from Good Kid, Mad City on. Um, his most recent one wasn't exactly my favorite, but I I could appreciate it for what it was. It was very in depth, very like like from a like a, a wordsmith perspective, like in telling a story, like. That's a deep ass album. I don't know if we've ever gotten a deeper album in rap than 
big stepper or the stepper and Mr. Morals or Mr. Mr. Moral and, and the big, big steppers. steppers. Um, yeah. But I, I listened to it like, you know, five or six times. I love Kendrick. Like Kendrick's in my top five. Uh, I think Andre's 3K is probably in my top five. But like Kendrick, for me, like Section 80 is going to be very hard to top. Like that that mixtape is probably one of the greatest mixtapes in the history of rap. Um, and then Good Kid, Mad City was great. Damn was great. So like he's he's definitely up there. And when he wants to, like he's untouchable. Oh, yeah. 100%. What well, about favorite Houston rappers? Top three Houston rappers. Houston rappers? I This is going to get me in a lot of oh, trouble. Um, so, I mean, I've listened. There's not, I mean, I still tip in a great song. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like deep in the Houston rap scene. And none, and from what I've heard, um, there's not a lot of rappers in the Houston rap scene that are my speed mm. as, in, in terms of that. So, so not a Travis Scott guy? I Oh, well, I guess if I had to pick one, Travis Scott is it because um you know astroworld's great album i feel like um i feel like hit what's the one song he did with uh drake on that album was um was Astro, really big isn't one. it called astroworld no it was um it, it actually might have it's been a big song though it was a big one uh really popular i, I can't believe my memory's failing me today there's so many right. songs that i should have known the name of <laughs> that i didn't but yeah what about so, chameleon you're not a chameleon guy you know, I, I I listen to Ride and Dirty. I love Cam. So yeah, not as mixtapes or like color change of click or anything like that. Eh. What about Scarface? Scarface, I I couldn't even tell you a single Scarface song. I'm not gonna lie. No. Yeah, I know. So you, you get get me in a lot of hot water here trying to talk about the Houston rap scene. Okay, and well, you gotta you have to go listen to Scarface. Like I'll, I'll give you, it a you'll shot. You'll love Scarface. Like go listen to the fix. It is like he's he's like top five MC all time to like a lot of people outside of texas like he's amazing and, well and the, the thing you have to understand about me and and, and i don't want to get you from your appointment but i'll, I'll uh, they're, they're late they're not even here so keep going Ooh. um is that i'm a military brat last time i lived in houston was when i was 12 i'm 28 mm. years old so okay. i mean a lot of times i feel i don't know if it's the right word but i feel this imposter syndrome i'm so really deep into houston sports but i've just as far as the culture goes, like I mean, personally, out here, I like an In-N-Out burger. Um, Waterburger's fine. Waterburger's yeah. fine, but I'm not going to say In-N-Out's better. I just don't feel strongly about things like that. I feel like most Houstonians have a strong opinion about. In-N-Out is better though. When That's when Sar- when Sarge was out there on his Twitter tirade about you know you're really from Houston, if I was like oh, I, I I guess I'm not really from Houston. I do love the teams in houston and i heavily well, you're cali them. you're a cali transplant now like yeah you know, i guess so I, I guess you know hang loose dude. you're enjoying 72 <laughs> you know 72 degree weather and like hitting the beach in november you know what i mean like no yeah so <laughs> i've worked past it but it was a big thing for me especially joining the military myself and yeah. not being able to spend a lot of time in houston um so i mean i guess now it's out there I, I've been that's okay open about you're gonna it. listen you're gonna listen to the fix at least at least okay. once all the way through so you could talk about it and be like all right look yeah because you have to know that album I do okay like just as like a hip-hop guy like take Houston out completely you just have to know that album from a yeah, hip-hop yeah. okay all right well I'll give it a listen um I know you've got to perfect your logo yeah here in a few once yeah, once your about, artist about 45 gets, minutes figures out what what you want from him We'll see. You're like, uh, he's like Ryan Gosling in the Notebook. He's just like, what, what do you want? Well, she's Swedish and she doesn't speak great English, but she lives in Los Angeles. So like, there's like a, like she wants to communicate via email because her like 
she, her, her English isn't great. So she's not ha- proud of it. So like, I totally get it. But like, now we're at a point to where it's like, I need you to, we're connecting. To you. We're going to talk about this. Like this email stuff is taking too long. Like I need you to just do it. So uh, we'll get that done. But yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Anytime you want me on, uh, I'm free. I don't have my own platform anymore. So, um, you know, whenever you need a guy to come on or cover or whatever, just let me know. Uh, keep doing your thing. There's a, there's definitely like, you're in the right spot at the right time, dude. Like, you really could make something of this. If you go back to your short form stuff and start to put this into that, you're going to start blowing up in a way that most people haven't because short form video hasn't happened in uh, Houston Texans land at all. People don't do it. There's a lot of aggregators, but there's not a lot of people that actually put content together to talk about this team. And if you did, you have a real like you're in your own lane. Nobody else is in. I've recently shuffled around how we're doing this. Tom and I. Uh, I think I've freed up a lot of time, uh, which is why I was able to do this in the middle of the week with you. I'm glad that we we set this up. So yeah, I'm excited to continue pushing to get it done. It's something I'm tr- truly passionate about. So I'm, I'm excited. Good. It's an exciting time to be a Texans fan. A hundred percent. On that note, do, where where can people reach you for your for your new golf ventures and also the occasional Texan opinion? Yeah, um, you could follow me at. Um... Let me go to my profile. You can follow me at young Ari underscore gold uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at young Ari golf on, uh, on Instagram. I have a TikTok. haven't really started it. I'll get to it at some point, but um, yeah. And then you could also go to inlandgrove.com. right now. We just have a stock photo up, but if you're interested in learning more about the brand and where we're going, or just being a part of the process, put your email address in. Uh, we'll, we'll send that out as soon as, uh, once a week, but um, yeah, that's about it, man. And I appreciate it, dude. I, I really do. Sweet. I should I should have asked you for the name of the brand, Inland Grove. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm from sweet. I'm originally from California too, right? So um, I was born in Houston, moved when I was two to the Inland Empire. That's and, where I'm at right um, now. Well, you're in the IE. I'm in the IE. I'm in Marietta. Marietta. Okay, so I grew up in Redlands. Um, oh, sweet. I've been out. My, there. my parents still live in Redlands. So um, Inland Empire is definitely a big part. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but um, CJ Stratus from Riverside. Um, he's from. He, I thought he's from Rancho Cucamonga. I th- oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. That, that was a big thing for me because that was changed everything for me. The big thing for me was that Bryce Young's from like, um, you know, San Diego, over, right? From, from LA area. Yeah. Like, but he's like so like when he talks, he's like, and you know, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and like he's so like more a little more proper and cj's more like i got the armor i got him it's in me it's not on me i you know he like really gets into it and i I feel like being out here i understand the regional difference a hundred percent so yeah so like inland grove is a combination of inland empire and uh redlands is known for their orange groves so i combined grove and inland uh to make inland grove and um a lot of it just has to do with like Houston's like my home. Like it's like, I always tell this, like I always say like Houston's where I, I became a man, like Houston made me a man, but like my childhood memories and like all the fun things that I did in my life were all done in California. So it's really just kind of like finding a way to, to mix the two together. But I'm so grateful for Houston in so many ways that, you know, I, I love the city and I love the people in it. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, but it's nice that you had and a I'm call also out two and a half like, hours away. <laughs> oh yeah. It's nice to have a call out to like a part of you that is like out here though. So I, I like the name of the brand. I think it's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, on that note, uh, just a quick plug for, for us. This is the bullpen Texans podcast established in 2023. We're on the fans first sports network. If you want to get to know us, I am at M one Texans fan. You can follow me on all socials. That is also the plug you'll use to get to the YouTube channel for this video. 
And if you would like to listen on uh, on a podcast format, if you are listening, you probably already know. But if you don't, it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts available. We do Monday recaps, Friday previews, and we're doing interviews like this and just live streams during the week. So if you want to get to know us better, you know, Tom's usually here. He's covering the Astros on the PSF app. Which Go Strohs. They're up 3-1. Dude, Jose Abreu is on one. Yeah. I was going to say earlier that um, that when you're talking to the your Swedish designer that you're like uh, Javi on the mound when they're counting down the pitch clock, it's like, I think I kind of understand that. Okay, yeah, yeah that's, that's helpful. All right, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, thanks for coming on the show, James, Young Ari Gold. Um, go ahead and give him a follow. And if you're into golf, be ready for Inland Grove coming to a store near you, the $500 million brand with the 15 year plan ready for couple bar your, there wow your golf needs i didn't expect that to rhyme yeah that. you did you planned I, it. I did i was thinking you about planned it. it you planned it <laughs> all right thanks for coming on and until next time uh h-town forever h-town till i drown stay classy houston